1: hey sisters hello
0: good morning good afternoon good evening i'm covering all my bases you really are covering you know, all your just, bases just in case
1: just in case okay i like that idea yeah uh welcome to okay Says. this is the podcast
0: where scout and mads are sisters irl and uh, chat about things that we're currently fixated on because we're very phasey people and every day we are Obsessed with something now.
1: Okay, you. That was like really quick, and you sounded half amused and half super bored.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I'm yeah.
1: never bored talking about. Okay, sis. Good. You shouldn't be.
0: Oh, I was just focused.
1: You were very focused. Yeah, you I, were like a I, m- I, marathon runner. Do I sound bored when I'm focused? No, you just like said it really quickly, so I wasn't sure if you were trying to get rid of it. You know no, what I'm I mean? I'm just a talk, a, uh, a fast talker. You are a fast talker. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, I'm Scout. And I am Mads. Uh, and with I'm an S, Mads with an S. That's Her M-A-D-Y. real name is Maddie. Well, your real name is actually Madeline, but yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: spell what? my name. M a d e l e i n e. That makes one of us in this family. I know. I'm the only my, one that knows how to spell your name. My, our parents do not know how to spell my name, and they fucking gave me that name. Every airport ticket, a plane ticket
1: is it spelled wrong incorrectly. That's yeah,
0: funny. And I'm like.
1: How do you expect me
0: to go on the plane? They always What's spell my my, they
1: always spell my middle name wrong. Oh, how do you spell my middle name? S O F I A. Yes, correct. They do P H they do ph. Dad did PH once. I was like, what the fuck, man? And also
0: it's like it's named after your, your mom. Mo- yeah, his
1: mom, my grandma. How do you not how know? How do you not know your mom's name? Right? That's, That's what I said.
0: Hilarious.
1: One time he spelled it with a PH. I was like, what is going on? Oh no,
0: yeah. They don't know how to spell my name. They ask me every time. They're like, wait, how do you spell it? Like, oh my god, it's what so the
1: funny. Fuck? I think I picked your name. Yeah, you did. They came to me with two names, and they asked me to pick. Oh, I know what the other name was. What Ready? was the other name? Rafaella. Okay, you <laughs> love me. You love me so much. You are so happy your name is Madeline. I, I did you think it, such I, a service. I think
0: it would have been really cute, Ruffy.
1: Raffi is really cute. But Rafaella is the most Jewish. Rafaella's a little fiddler on the roof-ish. I can you imagine? But Raff, Raff, or Raffy is really cute. I
0: think Ruffy as a gr- for a girl is actually really cute. But yeah, wow, I dodged a major bullet. Say well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. I
1: owe I owe
0: my I owe a life of non embarrassment to you.
1: Although I, everybody embarrassed us because of our last name. I know. Mayo, is like Pass the mayo. Pass the Mayo. Do you have a sister named Patty? Oh, my oh God.
0: everyone used to call me Patty
1: Mayonnaise. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah.
0: So maybe I should have gone with Ruffy. Ruffy yeah, Mayo. Maybe Ruffy, Ruffy
1: Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> that just I it don't know is about nonsense. that. I don't know. Nonsense. Isn't that weird that Mayo is now my maiden name? So weird. You're not a mayo. It's like I so sad. I am a mayo. I, I know, will always be a mayo. So but weird. But I made the switch. I took the plunge. You did. Took my husband's last name. Wow. What a non-feminist. Just kidding. Don't even go there. I'm the biggest <laughs> feminist you can find. It's fun. It's fun. You want to be a, a unit. I want to be, yeah. And I want to have the same last name as my children. That's true. This is yes, very important. he could have, like, taken my name, I guess, but... I don't know. I just, I I, I like that tradition. I don't know why. Because I am such a staunch feminist, but that tradition I'm okay with. Okay. That's fine. I just don't like it when you have a wedding invitation or an invitation to something fancy and it says Mr. and Mrs. Adam Sobel. Yeah. That's weird. What about my name? Like, put
0: my my fucking name in there. That
1: I never understood. Like, the
0: first name, like, Mr. and Mrs. Sobel is
1: good, but like, why Mr. and Mrs. Adam? Adam, Adam Sobel, Sobel. Like, like your yeah. name is not Adam Sobel yeah thank you I know yeah, it's that ridiculous. that's
0: a little that needs to be a little uh, changed and
1: I wanted culture. to do something for my wedding invitations I wanted to do I wanted to it the opposite way right Mr. and Mrs. Gabby Sobel oh for everybody God. but like I I chickened out I'm sure people have been so confused also I kept forgetting to put doctor in front of people who are doctors and like people got pissed yeah, because they work hard for that shit. I know. I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. I know. Anyways. Anyways, let's do the word of the week. Okay. Okay, the word of the week is sirenic, and it's melodious, tempting, or alluring. Wait, wait. Melodious? Melodious. That could be a word of the week as well. I know.
0: Wait, sirenic. Melodious. Isn't it? Sirenic. Mel- what it, uh, hold sorry, on, what let me
1: play it again because my husband told me that I pronounced one of the word of the weeks uh, wrong one time, so hold my on. My boyfriend give me a second. says that too. Yeah, sirenic. We got it right this time.
0: Yeah, my boyfriend is always like, uh, you definitely didn't do the accent right on that. Um,
1: okay, wait. <laughs> uh, what's the other uh, definition? Sorry. Melodious, tempting, or alluring. Tempting or alluring? So she has a sirenic power over me. Woohoo!
0: Ooh, yes. I think Okay sis has a serenic power over her sisters. I don't
1: know. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope.
0: Attempt. Well, I mean, I it don't know about tempting,
1: like- but alluring. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. I, I don't. I can't tell if it's a positive or negative word.
1: I think it's a positive word. Okay. I think it's just like a. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. No, it's like a. It's like you're kind of like, like a spell on. You have a yeah, spell over. Yeah. Me. yeah like you're okay. drunk in love. Drunk in love. Um, I can't even sing that song. I have a terrible voice. Um, you woke mm. up in the kitchen She's singing. How the hell, the hell did this shit happen? Oh baby, mm. is this a new thing where we just like sing drunk songs in the in intro? Drunk love. We're owner. Oh my
0: god, um, that is now. I'm just thinking about Bliss Wow, and how she had Put the, body the body chain, chain and the drunken
1: love. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, it's super. I think it's number 36 so many episodes
0: okay um this
1: guest is an angel you guys uh how uh, how does she have such sex appeal like how she like can i get that kind of sex appeal going on like she's just got this angelic sex appeal and confidence yes
0: exuding and intelligent beyond words beyond words you guys there's so many gems in this episode and
1: She's just. She's so. She's grounding. actually sirenic. Yes. Isn't she? That is like the perfect. Yes. I didn't even put two and two together. I really didn't. Yeah. But that is like the perfect way she to describe her. A spell on us. We were. Yeah. We were. Um. Hypnotized by her. Transported to another. Not time. Oh but yikes! Another plane. <laughs> another plane.
0: No, but she. She really. She does say this one um, piece of advice, and I'll let you guys kind of figure out as as you listen along, that was so simple but just mind-boggling that we, like, don't ascribe to it every day. Um, What was it? We complicate things too much.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. She also has Um, a really good message for body positivity, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you guys are going to love this. She's. I mean, not only is she... She's kind of
1: philosophical.
0: Yeah, I mean, not only is she a yoga teacher and and uh she's created this whole movement called trill yoga that's just more inclusive and um kind of shatters the stereotypes of westernized yoga she is just such a a powerful human being i have no i no other way to really describe her she's just so powerful and 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 unique in herself and very sure of herself
1: yeah we can learn a thing or two from her about confidence and feeling really present and grateful for the where you are at in life at this any given moment yes okay sisters enjoy enjoy we love you okay sisters let's talk about hair shedding does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding since having kids have you started seeing a little more of your scalp hi i've been there When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach.
0: Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair
1: growth supplement with
0: over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen
1: everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it neutrophil has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages such as postpartum like me After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient
0: studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean,
1: 86% is a lot of women. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is
0: truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe
1: that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSYS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, dot com promo code OKSYS. Summer long.
0: Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W H I M S Y A N D R O W.com, and use code OKSister for 15% off.
1: Claire Fountain, otherwise known by her social media handle CBQuality, is a yoga instructor whose unorthodox approach truly embodies the union of lifestyle and practice. An experienced holistic lifestyle educator and social media influencer. Claire has created Trail Yoga, a fitness and wellness lifestyle which, through the support of online audiences, has become a cultural movement practiced around the world. While obtaining a psychology degree from Vassar College, Claire became certified in both personal training and yoga, while also having a deep interest in the physical and mental aspects of nutrition and health. Teaching and leading workshops provided her the outlet and opportunity to pass on her knowledge and passion for yoga to others. This educational experience eventually developed into a personal lifestyle regimen that inspired her to share her ideas on a larger scale. This was the birth of Trill Yoga. So without further ado, Claire. Hi. Hello. Oh, Liam, thank we're so you so for coming. Happy to have you on the pod. Thanks. You are so You are magical. Oh, thank you. And That's we're so, so excited nice. to get into like Trill Yoga, all of it. All of it. Okay. Well, should we do a round of current fixations of first? Of course. That's as okay. we always do. Okay, I'll start so I've got some acne issues. It's been an ongoing situation here on OK Says Podcast. I,
2: I've actually heard about it in the other episodes. Yes, you we talk about quite it a lot. quite walk with
1: us. Oh, we've it's had... had We're it's we've still coming on. We've it's walked through hell on. and back with this shit. Yeah. So anyways, um, I've been using Dr. Dennis Gross acne eliminating pads, and I was doing them twice a day, but it was irritating my skin too much, so I started doing it just once a day, and I'm seeing results. Yeah. My skin looks so much better than it did three weeks ago. It's definitely clearing up. I have some scarring issues, which is going to be a whole nother journey. <laughs> I've got people that can help you with that here in the city. Really? Oh no,
2: yeah, like, I'm like the connector. Oh <sighs> my God. Yeah, there's like really good. (laughs) You're like (laughs) coming to the (laughs) rescue. We didn't know we needed. Um, Yeah, no, there's like some really good laser type of treatments that work with scarring as well. That's what I
1: need. She's
2: like super intelligent about her work too. Amazing. Mm -hmm. We need that. We love super intelligent women. Yeah,
1: the epitome of okay, Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's my current fixation. Amazing.
0: Okay, so my current fixation is love wellness which is Low Bosworth's supplement company. But in particular, I love the Bye Bye Bloat, which you can see on my little nightstand there. So as everyone knows, I get very, very bloated after every no single thing I eat. No it's secret. just like the fact of my life. Um, so when I saw Bye Bye Bloat, I was like, I got to get my hands on this. Let's see if this actually works. I'm like the best case study for this product. Mm. So, What it has essentially is digestive enzymes in it. It has an ingredient called fenugreek, which I've actually heard is, is, uh, helps with alleviating gas and bloating and also dandelion root. So it's like a natural laxative as well. So I take two before I go to bed. And you know what, guys? Does the trick.
1: It does. Does does
0: the trick. I'm on, I'm on. Does it affect anything else or is it just bloating? It's just bloating and digestion. So I'm, like, I have very, very bad digestive problems, and I've tried everything, and it's just an ongoing process for me. Um, No, but these these have really alleviated a little bit of the pain and the Mm. swelling. It only happens at night, though. Like, you take it at night, and then... Does it help you go to the bathroom? Yeah, that's what I that's what I said. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind
2: of what I was alluding to. I was like, how tied to uh you know Oh yeah, it's like a laxative, you, you know. It's,
1: it's like a, a w- natural laxative essentially. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it just
0: kind of helps Move, moving it down, moving it down, moving it downwards. The we bloating gotta, can yeah. get out. We gotta get you
1: on
2: some good like prebiotics and probiotics.
1: I know. I use also her probiotics. I've heard about prebiotics too. Yeah. What? That I is such a wild, wild west game when it comes to probiotics. Like, how do you know? How which do you know one? what? How many
0: strands? There's like fifteen billion. There's fifty billion. Like, I have no idea
2: what it's to very do. Very complicated. You have to get a company that's like really into science because yeah. a lot of it is just like loopholes in marketing and language that people can use like Absolutely. when people go oh man like yogurt is great yogurt is not a source of prebiotics or probiotics it's mm. not a source of them it's fermented but yeah. it's not going to increase like your healthy gut flora or the yeah. microbiome as you as, if you will so oh, what a buzzword The my microbiome. my husband
1: actually is doing um chemical biology research on the microbiome at why the Scripps? fuck haven't we like why I don't, to I, I told him that I issue. wanted. I told him that I wanted to be one of their testers. Like I need to be one of on their me. test cases. You know cases? another thing they do. Speaking of, because
2: you're referring to skin issues here, there's also like different skin lines and creams and washes and things that help increase the bacteria on your skin. Because mm. part of the problem, especially in our country, is that we over cleanse. We think like squeaky clean is like the best, but really it strips like the natural Stri- yeah. balance. Oils. Like, mm. You have a natural balance of like, what is it called? Microbiomes—you have yeah, a natural yeah, balance yeah. Of, of that kind of stuff on your skin that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I know. A really good so book the about double like cleanse the power a of
2: dirty skin or something. Ooh. Oh, yeah. She's really well. That's why I—I've I, got all these smart, yeah, great Claire, people. There. you're
1: you're now You're the conduit to all of our all of our ladies. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I only know. cleanse once a day.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Well, okay, but if you're wearing
0: makeup, you should be cleansing twice. Oh, uh, as in, like in the morning, you don't cleanse. In the morning, I don't skin At night, dirty. I yeah. Wash people my say my that time. if you're s- yeah, people say that you don't need to cleanse in the morning if you've
1: um cleansed cleanse at, at night. Yeah. yeah, I only cleanse at night. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay, should okay. we get into Claire? Okay, let's take it back way to the beginning. No, 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 her oh, your fixation! Oh, How did I forget? Oh we God. got we got so sidetracked.
2: I tried to think on this, but it's like I'm fixated on so m- so many things sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. the birth yeah. of our podcast. We're <laughs> we like so fazy. Exactly. There's like the skincare fixation where mm-hmm. like I'm obsessed with like these different kind of oils right now and i, I mean feel like tell I us everything finally got into a place where everything is clear yes. and it stays this way and i think it has to do with taking really good prebiotics and probiotics mm. which, so
0: which ones do you take i take seed see okay so
2: I, yo, get on them they're a strong blend so though, okay mm. if you have I issues it's probably what you need i did seed and i threw up every morning
0: <gasps> how many did you take though Whatever the recommended
2: was, they say take like one every other day, then two. Okay, and that's then probably drink. what it was. You have to work up. It it's took all of at all. It was so strong.
0: It was so And it's interesting because I did give your husband. Because okay, I saw seed and I was like, okay, very pretty marketing, whatever. They're and I'm, really I'm a smart, yeah, too. I'm a slave, as everyone knows, to the Instagram marketing ploying marketing ploying capitalism so i was like before i just drop some money on this let me consult adam uh scout's husband and he looked at the ingredients he's like yeah this is actually like looks legit and it has a great strand and i so i i bought it and it's i mean it's fairly pricey but whatever i wanted to see if it worked and i just i threw up every morning i I was like i can't do it oh my god but i I need to take it yeah
2: Make sure you have it. Like that's what I've it was too. A little like because I travel a lot, so sometimes right. you know, like if you're going to the airport, you're not gonna eat breakfast where you get there. You're like gonna grab a water, sure. or some tea, and I'll take like all my supplements or vitamins. Cause yeah, I try not to forget. And then by the time I get to the airport, I'm like, I really need to eat something, you know. Right. And it's not that I feel bad; it's just like you know, when there's nothing else in your stomach but supplements. Yeah, it's yeah. Not yeah. a good feeling. And that's really not how you're supposed to start the day, anyway. So Absolutely, you know, no, a I agree. Something with it when you take them, and just like work your way into more. Okay, but they All can right. be really beneficial long term. They're one of th- and they've like helped my mood a lot, which now I'm mm. starting to look into. It. I'm also like in the mental health space. I'm finishing my master's right now in this whole thing. So, yeah, yoga yeah. was but half of the journey, and it's there is a big connection between like the gut brain connection. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Balanced, like your mood is better. It, I don't know all the exact details on it, but there's really good books related to it. And there's some studies as well. So. Totally. We're
1: big on mental health here as well. So we're definitely going to get into that.
0: Oh, okay. Let's get into it. Um, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> Claire is like face. shy away. She's like, oh my God.
2: <laughs> we're going to hit you with some hard quenone. <laughs> you quantity. gave me a mic. It makes me feel powerful. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, I feel like you have something to say. It's like exactly. yes. a platform. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So talk to us about the yoga aspect so you said it's you know but the beginning and it's you know i feel like it was your like leeway into this space but kind of talk about what sparked your interest about yoga itself
2: It was kind of like the launch point. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into yoga in my teens, like around 15, 16 years old. And it was for depression and anxiety and a terrible life-threatening eating disorder. Mm. Like I don't talk about that too terribly often because I don't identify with it. Mm. And I think social media is a space where people create like identities around pain and trauma Mm. and it becomes like their work in a way. But when you do that, you can't let go of it fully at times because Mm -hmm. you're constantly reminded of it and you're constantly talking about it. So I never brought up that aspect of the whole story, but I do open up more about that on my women's. I have a private women's page where we have really candid conversations and it's like a really safe space that... Yeah. Can we get on that? Yeah. yeah, Okay, good. I'll (laughs) accept you. There's like, I have to like, you know, weed through the the process. Yeah, which is fine. But I I get such a different response there, you know, because it feels closed and it feels like it's a space where we can really talk about things candidly. So I do talk about the eating disorder side of things over there and in a way that I think is more conscious because that kind of stuff can be really triggering. And I think just about every woman has had an eating issue or some sort of body related, you know, complex at some point in their life, regardless of age, culture, et cetera. But moving back to all of that. So I got into yoga and it became this thing that greatly helped my life. It helped my mental health. It helped me move into kind of the person I felt I was supposed to be. It gave me more peace. It gave me more clarity. And I just thought it was great. I never thought I would go into yoga as work. (laughs) I was just teaching at night and I was like a food writer and I was living on a farm. And I was doing like pastry and baking and research development and like the food space really into like conscious and sustainable food ways before it was cool guys, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, it's I trendy it. now, but I remember I wrote, oh man, I wrote this thing in college about like milk labeling. Cause I was angry about milk labeling. Oh this is back in like 2005. So anyway, that was that. And I didn't think I would do yoga like full time. So this thing, Instagram, this whole social media thing kind of pops off. And I had left a journalism, like writing position in the food writing space. And thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a little mental break. I'm just going to continue teaching yoga. I'll finish my, you know, personal training certifications and just take a little mental hiatus from writing. And things kind of blew up. And on the one hand, it's wonderful because social media has exposed so many people to yoga, you know, in a way. And I think that that's how even I, you know, came to the place that I am is. I don't look like a traditional yoga person or what people think of when they think yoga. Right. And especially Westernized yoga is very much one socioeconomic status, you know, one type of person, one, this one, that. And so people shy away from it and knowing the gifts I got from it, you know, that help with mental health and clarity and just peace and just making you a better human kind of, And knowing the things I got from it. I think yoga could help so many people that don't even know what's available to them to practice like men included. Um, it's not just like women in pants in tight and pants and stretching. Lemons, yeah. Yeah. It's it's much more of a lifestyle and a larger practice than mm-hmm. that. So it was really good to have a space to say and a platform for people to go, Oh my goodness, yoga can be something different and maybe I wanna try this or maybe I wanna give this whole wellness thing a shot. So on that side it was really positive but it was never just about yoga Mm. you know it was about the greater concepts of like wellness and taking care of yourselves and you know self-care is quite radical when you actually learn about it it's not just
0: manicures and
2: you know it's not the material yeah it's not all just Mm. the materialism yeah I
0: love how you talked about because Scout and I started doing hot yoga when I was in, when we were in high school mm-hmm. and it completely transformed both of our lives like we were also inspired to do a 200 hour teacher training course and look at that we you know it has this very restorative and clarifying process that that does exude into the rest of your life like once and, you really get into it and also for me personally it was The jumping off point to exercise and to mental clarity and Mm -hmm. to using exercise as a way to that um, mental awareness. And it's such. uh, Yeah, I, I just kind of resent the fact that it's been portrayed, especially in Western cultures, as this like white mom who can do yoga when she
1: drops off her kids like that's just not there's so much more to it i had a really weird relationship actually so mads introduced me to yoga and we went every day together and we did our teacher training and it was great and then i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and my doctor prescribed me yoga so he said you have to go to yoga every day and the minute it got prescribed to me as Mm -hmm. something i had to do for my mental health like taking a pill I couldn't go anymore. I found myself anxious at the door. And it's taken me a really long time to rid that negative connotation from it and get back into my practice. But I was really bummed when that kind of became my relationship to yoga.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I never heard you talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was Because
1: re- you did drop off from it for a while. I would, I, I would be in classes and having anxiety attacks mm-hmm. and have to leave halfway through. Because it was a prescription. Because it was a prescription. Interesting. It
0: wasn't something that was intrinsic, something that you... It was something did I, did for yourself, quote unquote.
1: Had to do. Yeah, every I felt day. obligatory. Yes. Yeah. And then, in, and in
2: that, and in that, and in within that, it feels like restrictive, and it feels controlled, and right. like that just triggers more negative things in the anxiety space. Absolutely. That you don't want to take that. It's even what I tell people. It's like when exercise, and they're like, "I can't make myself go every day," and I'm like, "Then don't." Yeah. Like, then don't. Like when something starts feeling negative to you, don't actually, don't engage in it. Like it's not it's okay. Mm. You can find a new path, you can forge a new way and your prescription for wellness or for health doesn't have to look like everybody else's, mm. you know? And so it's about hap- it's like trusting yourself. Absolutely. To say this is okay for me. And this isn't okay. It's like very simply, even when I was young and in treatment and all this kind of stuff, I would just think I want to feel good. I want to feel good. What is going to help me feel good? And if it doesn't help me feel good, you know, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. And it's, seems so simplistic, but it's kind of a nice radar to keep how you do your things. Yeah. So
1: from all of this, from mm-hmm. kind of all this philosophy behind yoga and your journey, you created a huge online cultural movement called Trill Yoga. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that began, what it stands for, who's involved
2: it, it kind of just this is the most millennial thing I think I'll ever say <laughs> but it, it started as a hashtag okay there needed to be a hashtag kind of to differentiate like how I was practicing which was you know in very gritty grimy environments and it didn't have to be in this pristine studio and you could listen to whatever music you wanted to and it really could just be an extension of who you are which yoga actually is you know a journey back to your authentic self like if we really delve into what it means and so I think that it means it's able to practice any way you'd like and it's just my concept of like dropping all the stigmas and the stereotypes and letting people feel welcome there and that's exactly what my classes are they're wonderful welcoming spaces everyone's allowed to be there and that's the kind of audience we attract as like a very wide range of people and styles and vibes and energies and that's what I wanted so
1: were you surprised to like see it take off into such a cultural movement
0: resonated with people people needed
1: this title of what and this label of
0: what they were also practicing Mm because they probably didn't feel included in the yoga culture at the time and it has so many definitions and so many it's such a diverse practice and it can be and i feel like people just didn't have that label until drill yoga well
2: thank you (laughs) thank you But, yeah, no, it was good, and it's good to see, like, where it's gone. You Mm -hmm. know, like, people I know have, like, built their own sort of things, and, like, it's just wonderful because I always think we're stronger together. Like, I love connecting with other women and people in the wellness space who are doing really, you know, creative individual things because it's, like, more work I don't have to create. You know, it's, like, we're stronger together. I'm not a specialist in this area or that area, but these other people are. So we all come together and have gotten where there's something for everybody. And that's really how it should be. So I hope that that continues, you know, in the yoga space and in the wellness space.
0: So you had an interview with OK Real, which everyone that's listening, please go go read read it. it. It's a beautiful reflection on fulfillment, empowerment, success. And I want to talk about one specific thing that you mentioned that we constantly say on the podcast and also just I haven't had I feel like there's not enough dialogue around it Mm -hmm. is the glory of busyness that our culture and our society has deemed upon us like i i never understood people in this happened This this has been happening for me since college like people who would be like oh my god i just stayed up all night like studying for this time like i've just i've just studied for like 20 hours i'm like you probably were just sitting there in the library like you didn't do anything you're just wanting you I don't know, about se- I don't know about you, didn't do anything, you didn't do anything, but you, you, you just wanted the Snapchat of <laughs> the sunrise in the library that's what you wanted. But no, I just it's really concerning to me because it's a path to self destruction, it's completely a one way ticket to burnout. And for some reason, it's people think that busyness equates to productivity when that is really not the case at all. And I just want to hear your thoughts on it, because obviously I have a lot. On that oh, on it yeah, too. I actually have a blog on this. Oh, Amazing. Um, I okay. did
2: because I was I, it's very frustrating to me when mm. people it's like a badge of honor yeah. to be like, I worked all this. And I even think New York City, like I was having this conversation because a lot of people in my life are relocating. And, you know, it's like whole conversation with where we are. But living in New York City, it's almost this idea of, like, if you're not struggling, are you doing anything? Mm-hmm. You know, like, if it's not hard and, like, this rat race, are you really accomplishing anything? And that's that's not real. That's, not that's like, a lie that the city or, you know, popular culture tells us, right? Yeah. So, like, the harder we work or the more tired we are, somehow the better we're doing. And that's and really like not, that's right. not
0: normal. And there's this competition of how stressed you are. Like, I remember... One time, my friend, my me and my friend were just like talking about how how stressed we were, and then I wanted to one up her, and I was like, "Oh, but no, I'm doing this because that makes me more stressed." And I looked back at myself, I was like, "Why am I? Why is that? Is that Yeah, a badge of honor? Like, why is that something I should be proud of?" And it's absolutely not. And I think we need to unlearn that as I've, a society. I fall victim
1: to that. I don't. I don't necessarily brag about how busy I am. But I feel more accomplished the busier that I am, mm. and I m- feel mentally better when I'm super busy. Mm. So I actually really welcome busyness. Into but at my least life. you're not bragging about it. That's the
0: difference. Is if you're if you actually are like busy s- and it's something that I satiate. I
2: strive off fine. being
1: busy. Like okay. if I'm, I'm doing not doing
2: it to compensate, because that really is the thing where it's like you have to think about, you know, are you doing this because. I'm, I'm the same way. I keep myself busy, especially during the winter, because it helps my mental state. Same. Like, I can't fall into the deep, dark, sad, mm. <laughs> seasonal depression if I just keep myself busy. And so that's like a productiveness that feels good. And it feels like I'm, you know, accomplishing the things I want to accomplish. But when people become busy because they're overcompensating, like they don't feel good enough. And so to feel good enough, I'm going to pile on all these things so I can go tell people I did all this stuff like that. You're just that's a compensation. That's yeah, really not healthy. So I don't think you're doing it from that angle. Yeah.
1: yeah for some reason, it just like doesn't. I mean, I, I see other people. No, you don't behaviors. ascribe to it, no, which yeah. is what I'm
0: saying. Like we don't ascribe to it. Yeah. I am really frustrated by people who think that that is the path of productivity and what they're supposed to put out into the world. That's kind of where my issue lies.
1: Okay, so you also mentioned something else that kind of goes, really ties into this, the difference between a resume and a eulogy goals. Oh,
2: there's a good article on that. That was, yeah. It's like... All these accolades and things. Is that like what people are really going to remember you for, you know? I think people remember how you treat them and what kind of human you were in the world. And I think we get lost, especially with this whole everybody's an entrepreneur, girl boss, you know, boss babes, all that kind of stuff. We get lost and just like we need to accomplish more. I need. And now everybody has a caption and a bio and it's like, what are you going to put on there? And it's like, why can't I just put like, I'm a dope Human, right? Like I know shit. Talk to me, and that doesn't really, uh, doesn't really fly. So, but you have to step back because there is like the work world, and that is how society functions. You know, it is how we get jobs we want, or we get the positions we want, and we pay our bills and we take care of our lives and our families. But at the end of the day, like, what kind of human are you? Mm -hmm. You know, can you look at yourself in the mirror in the mornings and go, you know what? I'm a good human. I'm not hurting people. You know, I'm not even hurting myself Mm. because that goes back to the whole concept of busyness like I think there's ways to accomplish these goals you know to be a boss whatever however you define that in really compassionate ways you know that aren't self-destructive there's a way to do that it's possible it just may not look like what we see you know in these 10 ways to be super productive articles on the internet right now yeah
1: because I've definitely experienced burnout and it was so real it took me a year to heal from it a year no it's something I feel it's an
0: epidemic that is I think affects I I mean I wish I knew I I should probably know more stats on it but it seems to be affecting people younger in life Mm -hmm. and as young people who are trying as we have this culture of work you know 20 hour days or whatever and just you know you have to pay your dues and this whole notion like we sometimes don't even feel like we are allowed to burn out if that makes sense yeah because we're so young i don't know
1: it's just so my intense. goal is to never burn out again i burnt out so hard man it was it was <laughs> bad it yeah, was bad, bad. It I've was had
2: bad. friends had really bad burnouts as well and it yeah. is it's like physically depleting as yeah. well oh. emotionally depleting emotionally i've never cried harder upsetting. yeah and yeah it's really uh of course it's this idea of like you know and there's a saying one of my therapist friends said where she's like you'll do it until you can't anymore mm. and it's like literally you will do it until you physically can't anymore and mm. so sometimes burnout is like that kick you need to like change your life but that's not usually but how it happens. People go right back into it to some yeah. extent because they're still caught up in the mindset of, like, must accomplish more, must do more. All these things are possible. Why haven't I sold a company yeah. like Facebook? Like, you know, there's, like, all this stuff weighing on people, I think, especially in our age
0: range. And we shouldn't have to get to a space of burnout to have those types of revelations. No. And I feel like that's kind of what our s- what our culture is. Is like you need to get to burnout in order to understand the rep, uh, how you should act. I don't know. It's really strange. But one other thing you mentioned in the article that I really love is being able to define success in your own terms. So mm-hmm. I as say that all the yeah, time. And Make
2: sure your definition of success is your own. own. Yeah, because <laughs> I, good.
0: you know, I, I you thought I had a personal definition of success, but I've been going to therapy recently and I really came to the conclusion what me my therapist came to the conclusion that i really don't i don't have a personal definition of success and i've tried to sit down and write it and figure it out but it is so much harder than i think just saying it but i think that's actually okay too yeah
2: like i think there's this whole thing it's like every year when people are like hey what are your goals and Mm -hmm. you're like well i don't live a good life like you know what it's not so minimal or like It doesn't have to be so complicated. But it really doesn't. It it's actually okay to just kind of be in the flow. Mm. Like, what if there's nothing to fix? You know, what if you don't have to lose weight? What if you don't have to fix like skin? Or what? What if you just said, "This is life, and it's okay." Mm. I don't know if a lot of us even know how to handle that because we're always trying to fix something, and we also have a culture that tells us like, "There's always something else suffering," and there's always something else to fix. Like if physically you're not good enough, you know, work-wise you're not good enough, relationship-wise you're not good, like, yeah. there's all these things that we're just bombarded with, but what if you said, I'm actually okay with where yeah. I am, like, I don't have to be the manager, I'm okay working where I work right now, like, you know, yeah. like, I have, I have a comfortable life, I make what I like, it's, it's how do you, you know, how do you weigh those things, and it's almost revolutionary to be, like, content it's the same so thing I used to talk about with body, I'm like, it's I, d- I actually don't want to change anything Mm. And it's kind of a shocking because I think we're all trying to change something or work on
1: something or have goals.
2: Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm just trying to be the best version of what it this is now. yeah, And that's okay. I would yeah.
1: say that at this point in my life, I'm successful. I would like 100% put a stamp on I'm successful because for me, I love the process of my life. So yes, I do have goals. And yes, I do have things that I want to achieve. But I love the process of achieving those goals so much that it doesn't matter if I hit them or not, the process makes me happy. Yeah. And I like what
0: you said. I mean, to me, I'm I'm in a constant state of self improvement. Like there's always I I love the aspect of of improving myself and learning more and whatever the case is, but it get it plateaus. It gets to a point where it's debilitating sometimes for me, where it's just I could be better at everything and anything well I mean we all could yeah of
2: course (laughs) there's always going to be someone better and there's always going to be someone worse like and Mm. that sounds ridiculous but it's true Mm, yeah I mean I think once again it's like defining these things for yourself like what is meaningful to you and what's going to make your life feel full and I read an article about life satisfaction the other day Oh, yeah. like global stats on life satisfaction and how they kind of like Form a bell curve and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, how satisfied are you with your life? And if mm-hmm. there's areas you want to change or work on, that's okay. We just start making, you know, progress in that area. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a constant process.
0: How do you define success? Oh man,
2: <laughs> I think designing success for me is a big part of it. Had to do with like the mental health stuff, like going through all the stuff I went through in high school. And like, there's just, I don't go into it, but there, there could be like trauma, just hangovers if we talk about all of it. But I think a lot of it is like I survived. I'm alive I'm well I'm loved I love how I love (laughs) and I'm doing things that I think are meaningful in the world Mm -hmm. and so that's really important for me so on the one hand yeah like I feel like I'm successful but there's still that voice of like you haven't accomplished these big huge things you think you know you're capable of Mm -hmm. so that's like what I work on Is like how I balance those with kind of just sitting still. It's like that idea I think about, like, I'm always trying to fix something and make it better and greater. And I'm like, what if I don't have anything to fix? You know, what if I just accepted things and then let them grow as they're supposed to grow?
0: So that's so (laughs) beautiful. It's so simple. And it's so so impactful. Yeah. So you
1: talked a little bit about mental health and you seem to me to be a huge mental health advocate. How did you first get into the mental health sphere and what does it mean to you today?
2: Well, I'm like a therapy kid. Um, Same. that is yeah. It's a gift though. I'm glad my father had the foresight to be like, you know what, we've got some weird shit in our family. Um these professionals could probably help you if something <laughs> happened. It. So, you know, it's like been this walk of like good therapist, bad therapist, um after high school I got my degree in psychology, but I kind of made this pact with myself. I was like, I'm never going to go into clinical. There's, like, too many people acting out, like, their sicknesses, and they're only in it because they're obsessed with their own pathologies. So I – because I'd had so much of it. I was so mired in, like, therapy talk and psychology language that I was like, I'm never going to do this. And here I am over a decade later finishing my master's in counseling and clinical psych. So – right back where I said I wasn't going to be but it's wildly important it's the same thing being in the social media space and the yoga space and this whole wellness quote unquote wellness space that I'm in is I'm like you know what we don't need another like workout as women or as as men even we don't need another way to like get you know tight buns and no cellulite like we need some healing like brought to us by deeper meaningful things and working through trauma and working through, you know, PTSD or depression or anxiety or legacy type of issues within families of, you know, mental health that just comes down that you're conditioned to from families. That's what we really need. And so I feel like I can best serve my audience and the people around me by going into that work. Mm. So
1: So is your goal to be a therapist at the end of this? I wanna get my license.
2: Mm. I don't know if that means I have a private practice or not. It may just mean that I continue to speak and educate and kind of bring more awareness to it, write a book or two. Yes. You know, hair flip. That's what (laughs) I like to do. Um, But yeah, it's just, I feel like there needs to be more people in the space with credentials that are credible in what they're talking about. Uh, I mean, I think I'm probably the only wellness person who doesn't drink apple cider vinegar in the morning because I think Mm. it's gimmicky. Mm. I don't drink celery juice. (laughs) I don't think just, you know, a gratitude journal can solve all your problems. I think it's a great tool, but I don't think it is the whole pie, you know, and the same thing with healing. I don't think there's just one path. Like Mm. I think, yes, there's therapy and there's traditional modalities of healing, but there's also yoga, there's massage, Mm. there's, you know walking silent retreats I don't whatever does it does knitting whatever does it for you so, so I think that combined is how people find like real healing yeah
1: so let's say you're feeling you're starting depression is starting to creep in a little bit and maybe you're not feeling your best what where do you go what do you look for how do you heal yourself from within
2: oh I have been there many times especially during the winter and this year it was to the point I got recommended a, a happy light have you guys seen me? Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I recommended a happy light, and so being the, you know, Amazon pro I am, got it, <laughs> <laughs> in yes. like 10 minutes, was, like, happy light coming through, <laughs> and I use it, and it helps, mm. but I didn't think I'd ever have to get to the point of a happy light, you know? The, mm. These are the things we think about in our heads. I make sure I take, like, the supplements that help make me feel the best. I make sure I exercise. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Mm. Even if I don't want to go to the gym, I will go solely because I know it's good for my mental health i make sure i don't isolate because my depression i isolate a lot i'll just hang out and not talk to anybody for a while and so i make sure i like talk to the people who make me feel good because sometimes social stuff can actually make us feel worse so making sure you have like a strong connection of relationships around you so i do that and i make sure i can get some sunshine (laughs) if possible which also gives you something to look forward to which is a nice kind of moment i journal a lot And I do have a therapist who I talk to, which is helpful. So just going back to like the tools, it's like with depression or even anxiety, like you have to have a toolbox Mm -hmm. and you have to be like, okay, what in my toolbox can I use today that can help me and go through that? And then if that still doesn't work, just looking for more tools, you know, or even I don't think medication is the worst thing in the world. Some people really need it and it can help them a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think not shaming Again, not shaming whatever option or healing or or that works for you.
1: Yeah. Tools in the toolbox is a big one for me since I got my first depressive episode when I was 14. So I was put into therapy pretty immediately. So I've been in therapy my entire life and it took me a really long time to finally get a toolbox that made sense for me. Like it's a lot of trial and error. That's a good way to put it. Like Mm -hmm. a
2: toolbox that makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was
1: a lot of trial and error and I'm only now just feeling as if I kind of have it filled correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And that will probably be a process that is fluid. Oh, for sure. You get older, have different life experiences. Mm -hmm. This may work better than that may work better than. And so just being open to that.
0: Yeah. You know, so you have a really um, strong social presence. And we talked about, you know, the negatives and the positives of social media. But how have you been able to create a very genuine presence and a genuine community how, what is it like to work with brands that, you know, you, you don't lose that sense of self and that.
2: that That's yeah. a big one. I yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>, because <laughs> it's hard. No, but it is a big one, especially now because it's yeah. hot. Like mm-hmm. it's hot. I mean, my following was built up in like 2013, 12 or 13. So this is like before br- we didn't know what we were doing. Like we didn't know yeah. what it, we were doing. There were no brands. Like, they were paying anybody. Mm. This wasn't a digital marketing hub of commercials and capitalism. It was, like, pictures got a lot of likes, and they'd get reposted, and boom, all of a sudden you'd wake up, and I think I had, like, 200,000 followers in, like, less than nine months or something. Like, it was a different time in the world of socials, and so now it's been the last few years have been kind of a weeding out, and no pun intended with my, like, handle here, but it's really about quality over quantity Mm -hmm. so it's not just about the numbers there's this big women and girls who want to be influencers they're obsessed with numbers and so they're like how did you grow it i'm like i don't know because i don't watch numbers Mm -hmm. i don't look at it i get no notifications i don't watch the numbers at all if they're up or they're down i'll probably notice a little bit like the large Mm -hmm. macro kind of numbers but on a micro level i don't look at all And that's, brands hate that because they love return on investment, Mm -hmm. but it really depends on what kind of investment they, you know, not investment, but what what kind of return they want. Sure. Do they want brand awareness or do they want an increase in sales? You know, are they, do they just constantly kind of want to be in people's ear so that when they are at a store or they are online and they're making a purchase, they go, hmm, I've seen this a lot. You know, just that familiarity, I think. So it depends on what their goals are. But it was like the wild, wild west. It still kind of is the wild, wild west. Mm. We don't know what to pay people sometimes. There's contracts. I mean, I modeled at one point, and I was involved in a lot of the entertainment industry. So I was kind of, used to the idea of like usage rights and like knowing where images are going and knowing how many people have to get paid out from a certain job like are you just paying me as talent are you paying my entire production team Mm. so it's like there's so many levels to it but let's get back to the question about (laughs) how do I maintain the authenticity (laughs) which is a buzzword as well and it's like authenticity is not contrived because people know it works so all these people who want followers and they want to be an influencer like well how are you authentic and I'm like well if you have to ask me I think you've lost it yeah Because authenticity is really just being yourself. So how did I maintain being genuine? It's like not falling into trends and Mm. not falling into things that you see are working. Like you can watch these things happen. Like if everybody does a silly dance in your underwear video... Like a a thousand women will do it the next day trying Uh. to jump on the bandwagon of like what went viral or was successful Mm -hmm. if someone does a like five funny facts about me comment your five funny facts they'll all do it and the irony now is like influencers think that they're tastemakers and I'm like you're all followers like you're just all following these trends because the real tastemakers are quiet people who are shifting culture and moving these things forward are not particularly loud but like the people in the know know that sounds so cheesy no, but it's yeah it's but like when yeah. you know you know and like that's what's and it maybe they're not the most popular I think people who are really tastemakers take some hits like they're not the coolest but they will be in a year or two that's you so know true that's
1: it also to be a taste taste maker requires a lot of foresight into where the zeitgeist is moving, where things are shifting. And confidence and no in fear. yourself. And, like, no no fear. fear. And not
2: worrying if you're not light. Yeah, like doing things that is like so I've true. Like, I've taken a hit in followers because I'm doing what I care about because mm-hmm. it's not about the numbers for me. Mm-hmm. I made a conscious decision at one point to not post as many body-centric photos because mm. I was like, you guys are getting, like, this is the wrong idea. Like, this is getting painted in a way I don't want it to be painted. Mm. And it's creating this kind of, um, it's relying on body in a way that I think can become really cheap, especially in the social media space. And sure we can put all these big, I'm just an empowered female, but like we should be really skeptical of things that look and feel like empowerment, but aren't really empowerment. Absolutely. You know?
0: Yeah. You've talked about this kind of, I think maybe in the beginning you got not sucked in, but you got labeled as like the body positivity, body empowerment, social person. Ooh. What about that didn't feel right to you?
2: I think the way that it is represented is what didn't feel right for me. Okay. Because at one point I was working with um, a friend of mine at the time and we were like, we're going to do this like hashtag like don't get been out of shape about body. And I was mm. like, how am I going to take a picture that represents this without showing my body? Like it's <laughs> this back and forth. Cause I thought body confidence was like, well I showed the fuck up. Mm. Like I'm yeah. willing to put my practice on the internet In all of its, you know, imperfect glory sometimes, I thought that was body confident. I thought existing in the world unapologetically, no matter what my weight was or my height is or my skin or, you know, how dirty or clean my hair is, I thought that was body empowerment. I thought just showing up was. Why does it have to be an image of, like, women in their underwear Like, why is that the only way that you can be confident? You know, I think confident also exists behind closed doors. Like, how are you with your intimate partners? You know, how are you just at the beach when no one's watching? (laughs) You know, when there's no pictures being taken, how do you show up in those spaces? I thought that's what it was. So it turned into something where I'm like, okay, this is going in a direction where I'm like, I want to kind of value women more than women's bodies are valued. And so I have to consciously, if I'm going to, you know do these things if not because then you exist in a space of cognitive dissonance right if you're sitting there going oh well women are way more important than their bodies but every picture i post is like my ass cheeks you know like it's you start going my actions and my thoughts aren't aligning and that's like a really uncomfortable place for humans for us to be in when we can't make sense of kind of what we're doing so i thought you know what If this is what I believe, I have to start moving in that direction. And it's always a fine line because I don't want women to be ashamed of their bodies. I want to be able to go to the beach and wear what I want and hang out. And if I post pictures, I post pictures. You know, I want it to be a much more free space. But there's still larger perceptions that I think have to kind of be managed. And it's tricky because social media is a conscious decision. You know these don't get posted without our consent. We are usually at control I of our feel pages. Like we
0: forget that it's a conscious decision, and we talk about like kind of like the unfollow movement. Like if you don't, if something is making you feel insecure or is not sitting with you right, you have
1: the choice to unfollow that account. You have the yeah. cho- choice not to see that. Yeah. I think people forget that we have power over what content we consume, mm-hmm. and and what we post. And what we post. And I think there's something that you said earlier that body positivity and body empowerment isn't just posting photos in your bikini or in your underwear. And I I think there's a contradiction there when people are doing that because it's sexualizing what perhaps isn't necessarily about sex. It's just about confidence and being able to show up in your most confident self. Mm So I love that you've kind of shied away from that um, uh, just a little bit just to kind of promote mm-hmm. other avenues of of confidence. womanhood and of yeah. femininity. Yeah. And that's like yeah.
2: a direct hit, though. Like, yeah. And this is not just people like, oh, it's just men that want to see that. It's like, no, it's like hetero, cis, normal women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not normal. That's not the right word because everyone no, is normal yeah. no matter what their <laughs> orientation is. So let's right, take that right, back. Right. But even women want to see more Those skin. Are, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. You
1: that's
2: know? so interesting.
0: So what does empowerment mean to you then i think
2: empowerment really means like being able to speak up for yourself and being able to move in a way that is you're not ashamed of so you don't have shame and you don't have guilt and you just can own who you are and how you how you are and that's your decisions that's What you want to look like? I think all of that goes into empowerment. I mean, you know, this whole movement of like women and financial literacy right now, and it's like, can you ask for the raise you want? Can you ask for, you know, the type of contract terms you want within like business? Can you stand up for yourself in relationships? That can you be who you want to be, even in your family structure? You know, can you be the type of friend you want to be? And I find that stuff to be really empowering. You know, and being able to just own your story, all of it. We were um, we I was doing a panel, (laughs) but you guys welcome to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all the women on the panel in Seattle this past weekend, I asked them a question. I said, what makes you feel powerful? And hearing their answers is always really exciting for me. But I think even myself, I felt the most powerful when I stopped hiding parts of my story that I didn't really like you know it's kind of the idea of like the shadow side and like the parts of ourselves that we don't like when I finally was able to say you know what yeah that's that's part of it too like yep that was me yep probably you know I've made some decisions I'm not so proud of but that's who I was in that moment and it represents what I was going through so instead of trying to be in denial or make up some justification process of just saying yeah that was, that was me and that ownership of your story and saying well, you know what I can continue to write my story in a different way if I want if I want to, that I think is super empowering.
1: I think something that happens a lot in the mental health sphere is that once you once you realize what you're going through and what you have gone through and what you might potentially be going through in the future, that you can rewrite that story and that you have that power. And once you find that power, which I would openly say I'm still finding, I would think, but I love that idea of... N- Understanding that what your life is Is what you make of it And you have the option and the choice To make a future and, to be what it is And
0: there's no shame around the past And I think yeah. that's yeah. something that I've Discovered from this podcast, Scout Is you were you like I will tell anyone and everyone That I have bipolar mm-hmm. That I am manic depressive like I will tell anyone I want to put it out in the world because that's who I am and I want it to not be a shameful thing and I want it to be part of my identity because it is and I just had never heard of it being spoken that way mm-hmm. and it was interesting because I don't know if I've ever been like don't talk about it or you know oh Shh. like shut <laughs> up don't yeah. tell people Shh. but there was this kind of aspect of me where it's like I just thought, it's not all of you, so, like, why would you keep saying it, and why would you whatever, but I get it now that it's, you're more so standing in it, and it is part of you, and that shouldn't be something that is, yeah, is it's shameful. a huge part of me. And Absolutely. And can also be
2: a personal journey. Yeah. I think yeah. there's just also this idea now, like, if we don't post about it, or if we don't tell everybody, somehow it's not real. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it's okay to have stories and things that are just for you or just for your intimate relationships. Or yeah, just for definitely. The people you feel like just, disc- you know, having self-disclosure with. That's okay. I wrote a big blog about like privacy and discretion and about how mm. there's certain things that like my private life is not on the internet. Mm. And I'm it's conscious. I protect everything I love. Mm. And it's just a big decision for me. Now, if you're looking at like dollars and cents from a branding standpoint. They love that. Yeah. They love the idea of like the happy girl with a baby and a relationship. Mm. They love it. They eat it up. But I will, if and when I have kids, I'll keep them off the internet and it's a conscious decision I'm making. And so I hope that that also can empower other women to go, you know what? I have nothing on social media, and I'm still worthy, and I'm still okay,
1: mm-hmm. and I, I can still own my yes. stories. I love how privacy is now a conscious choice. When yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before, so crazy. Like before social media, everything was private. It was just who you told but on the phone to your friend or whoever you decided to share with it. But now, if you want to be a private person, you have to make a conscious decision to be private,
2: and you have to be crazy. so hyper aware of it. Like mm-hmm. work events, social events. Yeah, I mean. What was it? I read an article the other day about parents were upset that their children's teachers were posting photos of their children. Like, oh, mm. I helped, you know, little Tommy or Susie yeah. today and she's doing so well. I'm so proud. And on the one hand, it's like, are you doing that because you want people to think you're a better teacher? Mm. Like, or is this a self-serving purpose? And then parents are like, I don't want my children posted anywhere. So there's all these lines yeah. of like respecting other people's boundaries and privacy yeah. yeah, even in class the other day when I was teaching in Seattle, I was like, we're going to take some photos. But if you're uncomfortable with this, like, just go ahead and raise that's your hand wow. so that we can angle, you know, kind of a way because not everybody wants to be posted places. And, and I don't we think that's that.
0: that, that. I, I don't think that's done like anyway. we were at an event yesterday, and
1: yeah, they were we were, they were working taking, out, and, and they were I taking was photos. yeah. I, I
0: mean, i whatever. I, don't I wasn't
1: okay with it, really. I didn't like that he was taking photos of me because I didn't feel your feel my best it. that yeah. day, and so I was bummed out that there were photos taken. I was the first fucking person in the photo. Yeah, he was know, taking true. them right in front of my angles, and I was like, well, I don't really want that to be everywhere because I wasn't feeling my That's best that so day. So interesting. There really is not a.
0: Uh, procedure and people just
2: aren't conscious it's the same way when they don't think about like even teaching yoga etc etc like words Mm -hmm. you use to describe movements or body parts like just knowing how they could affect people it's kind of the idea of being able to think about someone else's experience even if it wasn't your experience Mm -hmm. I listened to something the other day that was talking about how it was, a, it was a man talking mm. about how the me too movement of like, you know, that's not how I was raised. I didn't grow up with this, but he was like, mm. it just t- tuned me into that. There's a whole world and like a whole gender that has experienced things I haven't felt, but that doesn't mean I can't learn from it yeah or it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, mm. you mm-hmm. know? So I think like this idea of like privacy and like being conscious of like, who doesn't, doesn't want their picture taken. yeah Just being, I forget. mean, being it's,
0: it's, it's also, you know, uh, we talked about feminism and intersectionality like just because we don't we've we haven't experienced that same being in life doesn't mean we all we can't um, acknowledge, it. acknowledge it and, and learn from yeah. it and be able to lift it up. Um that's really interesting that you yeah. to being just conscious about other, you know, other people's experiences.
2: And especially now because we're in a like Post-it culture, kind of, like yeah. You take fi- pictures and post it, kind of culture. Like I don't geotag, hmm. you know, unless I'm partnering with someone and it's part and parcel to the work we're doing is to tag a location. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't geotag. I usually don't tell people where I am. Good. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's. Yeah, I mean, safety. Like, yeah. dear. it's it's insane. It's wow. I it's feel wild. like there's
1: also a level when we podcast here is that we have such intimate conversations with such incredible women. And then we post it for everybody to listen to, but it doesn't feel as if, since what we're doing right now is so private—is just the three of us in one room. There's sort of this level of intimacy that I think comes through in the medium of podcasting that maybe is left out of the me- of other social media platforms. But it's so interesting to yeah. me to think that this feels private, but it's no, not.
0: I mean, I've I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there there's this one podcaster. Um, Her name's Kara Swisher. She does Recode Decode, which is like a big, big tech uh, podcast. And she says people will come up to her in the street and hug her. And she's like not very like, you know, friendly person, not friendly, but like very, you know, personal space. But it's so interesting that with podcasting, it feels like a best friend in your ear Mm. and it feels so, yeah, as you said, intimate that you develop a very different connection to someone than what you see. On social media where it is this you know very curated, curated space yeah that's kind of what i love about about podcasting yeah. it, it, it kind of strips you down and there is no visual aspect at all so there's well,
1: that and, this, and then you go to our instagram and, and then, then you, you go to instagram. Instagram. <laughs> and then you can see us <laughs> there comes the instagram <sighs> oh well let's talk about your ebook okay Both oh yeah Bendy. i have a
2: few of them
0: oh okay Talk about all of that. Yeah, I mean, just like oh, what they compels were like strength you?
2: Training books, okay? Because this is the thing. I felt like once again, if I'm going to say that yoga should be accessible for everybody, and I can't teach everybody a class, you know, I can't be everywhere in the world or cities. And I think it should be like a, you know, a competitive price point. It's yeah. Like the ebook is basically the cost of like a class, and you can watch it as many times as you want. But it was a combination of yoga and strength training because I think that that is the way to have longevity. I think it is the healthiest for our bodies. And so on that level, is not any different than most other things right but the part that i that is different or that even the built in bindi Two that i had to really write a big sec- section about was so many times especially in like instagram fitness there is this before and after photo obsession measurements mm-hmm. weights numbers yeah and I don't like anything that's obsessive same thing with body positivity if you're obsessed with your body I I don't like it I don't like Mm. when obsession when obsession comes into anything and so it was like this is a weight training and yoga program and it has a meditation guide in the second one where it's like you have to figure out if you want to measure anything like that's for you to decide Mm -hmm. I don't tell you to take measurements I don't tell you to take before and after photos how do you feel How do your clothes fit? How do you navigate the world? How do you sleep? You know, how are you showing up for yourself? And if you feel better, then this is working. Mm. You know, and that's all I can really tell people because I don't want to be the person who champions numbers and control Mm. and before and after and like just plays into kind of the diet culture we've all been sold. Mm. And yes, it sells. That kind of stuff sells. Trainers who do before and after photos, they turn
0: some big numbers Mm. because people are obsessed with results. They want results.
2: Mm. But it's like, I don't
0: want to populate that culture. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what my weight is. I, I don't weigh myself when I go to the doctor. I don't tell, I close my eyes and don't tell them. And it's not as, as a shame thing. I have found more success when I don't look or know about the numbers because and that's kind of when I quote unquote lost weight. It just I felt better I felt more energized, my clothes were just fitting better and I just I it just felt within my body. It wasn't about I don't even know how much I weight I lost. I really
1: can't even tell you how much I weigh now. So it's I really ascribe to that and I am I very could, thankful that yeah, you Yeah, I could have step off the scale more. I gain weight cuz I'm on this medication that slows down my metabolism and increases my um my hunger, and <laughs> I have to, I have to be on it. I'm I'm just not functioning without it, and so it's been a really hard struggle for me to accept this new body weight,
0: mm. and I've
1: been trying to I lose it, a uh, very unsuccessfully.
0: <laughs> no, but I think the number is blocking you. I think so too. I think yeah. I just it can need
2: really psychological. it
0: can, it, if it can, can ruin your day. Enti-
2: I was gonna say it can yep. throw your entire mood off because Absolutely. we are so like we have just been so conditioned Mm -hmm. to numbers and to size and even our own bodies. Like just what we think is our normal, you know, like we just have these concepts Mm -hmm. and it's about challenging that. Mm -hmm. I wrote a thing for the 30 or birdie. I can't remember where it was, but yeah, yeah, I wrote a thing about like, Scales and weight, mm. and like, should we weigh ourselves or should we not? And I'm like, there's two sides to this it's like not being attached to it, but also being able to see it and not have a reaction. Yeah, and not have a reaction. More powerful yeah. to say, oh, yeah, whatever it is, it is, and just kind of move on with and your That's day.
0: really hard to get to. That's, yeah, that's that's a, a, that takes a lot of unlearning. Like pro level. Yeah. <laughs> then there. you're a pro. Then you, you know? have all your problems. We, covered. Need some, we need
2: some like video game noise. That's like, yes. you reached <laughs> you've reached level. It. <laughs> You know, you've transcended your body
0: at this point. Oh, Again. oh my god i love it
1: oh this was this was unbelievable wow. you are such a gem thank you so much for coming on thanks You're this so conversation sweet. was amazing oh any yeah, final I'm thoughts so soulful i anything? mean
0: plug yourself yeah, let everybody Tell know where us, they uh, can uh, find you be inspired by you yeah. yeah
2: and i'll send you all the links because yes. i mentioned a bunch of stuff i think in this so i'll send totally. you links to things um you can find me on the internet yes <laughs> you can find me <laughs> at at cb quality are my website, I am true and that whole thing's getting redone soon, but okay. yeah, you can just Very find cool. me on the internet and yeah. come hit me up on the women's page, which is at CB quality training. So I go over exercises far more in depth there mm-hmm. because no one's making asinine comments, you know, well, and like it's just a more open and safe space. So all the ladies come hang out there. Beautiful.
1: We're joining. We're joining. Yeah, come We're through. there. We're there. Aww, okay. Thank you so you much. You can find us at okay Says podcast. Yay. Love you sisters. Love you sisters. Thanks. Thank you.